When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included. All while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. I'm Ben, and we are here, as always, with our super producer, Noel the Junction Brown. Junction? I don't know. Hmm. Not, yeah, well, not bad. Maybe, yeah, we'll work on that one. Well, okay, we'll put a pin in that one. Yeah, maybe. They're not all going to be home runs, guys. <laughs> uh, and it's close, though. It's, it, we're, we're right in the ballpark. And today we are talking about uh, traffic, but not perhaps in the way you would think. We're talking about traffic gone bad. Uh, I'll just keep the intro short here. We're talking about the most dangerous interstates in the U.S. Yeah, that's right. And the thing is, we're going to be using 2013 data. Right. And this this always frustrates me just a little bit because that is, it seems like that's so long ago. But it's also the most recent. Yeah, we're in 2016. We're just Truth be known, we're recording this at the end of 2015, the very end of it. Uh, so there's no way we're going to get 2015 stats yet. Nothing, nothing concrete anyways. Uh, but we're always going to be about two years behind with these uh, national... Highway Traffic Safety Administration numbers and all that. They always report about two years back. So even next year, uh, would be able to bring in 2014 numbers. So it's, it's, uh, it's just always that weird cycle. They need a couple of years to investigate all this and to really right. classify and coordinate everything and make sure that everything's in the right category and, mm-hmm. and, and that. But, um, there was a, a pretty interesting study that came out recently. And of course, we heard a lot about it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's about the, the most deadly interstates in America. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, this is a problem worldwide. You know, yes. there's a, there's an increase right now in traffic fatalities. And there's a lot of things that people are pointing to, uh, you know, why maybe that has happened. And there's a, there's like three or four big reasons that people typically point to for, uh, traffic fatalities. Um, you know, for the, for the most part, you know, like why, why the numbers are big. And there's like th- three big ones that have been historically, uh, always there. And those are, uh, impaired driving, which would be like um, alcohol and drugs. Sure. Uh, there's um, occupant protection systems, or I should say lack of mm-hmm. occupant protection. So, you know, like an older car that doesn't have airbags, or an, um, maybe someone's not wearing their seatbelt, or mm-hmm. improperly buckled in, or, you know, all that stuff. 
Uh, then there's always speed. That's another one. You know, people driving a little too fast for the conditions or just too fast over outright, you know, to make the corner or whatever. Uh, but now distracted driving is starting to gain as far as uh, the, the reason or the cause behind a lot of these uh, these fatalities. And they, they find that, you know, close to 60 percent of all people killed on uh, in I should maybe qualify this within Georgia here because okay. I, I don't know what the situation is in the rest of the country even. Mm-hmm. So here in Georgia, they find that around 60% of those fatalities are, are people that are killed in single vehicle accidents. People that are just kind of on their own, veer off the road in a ditch, you know, hit a tree, hit a mailbox that's, mm-hmm. you know, the, the kind that's, uh, you know, the big, the big concrete mailboxes or, right. um, you know, some reason they're, for some reason they're being distracted. And boy, I wonder what that could be, Ben. Oh, is it the cell phone that I was playing with in front of you while we were doing <laughs> yeah, this? That's right. You were distracted podcasting. Not, not specifically. Well, I was kind of acting. I don't, I don't blame you. I was getting a little dry there for a moment. No, 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 no. Material's a little bit boring, but no, uh, we're no, getting to I'm it. texting bad one-liners. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Actually, I was acting a little bit because <laughs> I feel so strongly about this. Most people who have a cell phone don't practice safe cell phone driving. True. When safe cell phone driving, of course, is putting it away. Yeah, don't even look at it. Right. And if you need to use your GPS or something, have one, have a have a dash mount and put in the destination before you start the car. Yeah, and now all this, all of this that we're talking about here, you know, the, these uh, this just distracted driving and the numbers and everything, this will all play out in about two years when the NHTSA comes out with their reports. Right. Um, and they're going to say... Uh, distracted driving is up, but here's the reason. We found that you know, a growing number of people are texting and driving, and mm-hmm. we found that to be the case with uh, this many this many th- um, accidents in the year 2015. But we're not going to know that right now. They do they can point to it in some situations, you know, where these these higher profile cases that have gone to court, and, especially single single car accidents. Yeah, and they can prove yeah. that the driver or you know the distracted individual was texting. Or was somehow distracted by, you know, the phone or whatever device might be in the car. Or, you know, you can be distracted by a number of things. It doesn't always have to be a cell phone or smart device. It could be anything. Really. Sure. It could be something awkward that you have with you in the car. Like maybe you bought a plant or you have a gigantic bag of takeout food. Yeah. Precariously <laughs> sitting in your, in your shotgun seat. Could be kids. Could be kids. Kids are a huge distraction in a car. It could be friends. Could be friends. Uh, friends are huge distractions in cars as well. I mean, you could be uh, having a little bit of a, a fight with your, uh, with your significant other. Hey, yeah. Um, it, it could even be a song on the radio that just is your jam. <laughs> I doubt that, but there is, there is pretty good evidence so, just tangentially that, uh, the kind of music you're listening to can affect the way you drive. Yeah, that's true. That's exactly right. And, you know, all this is just to say that distracted driving is way up for yeah. 2015 as far as what we can tell already. And, uh, it's not, that's not the only cause by any means. There's a lot of other factors going into this, you know, just the number of vehicles on the road. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, uh, the number of miles driven is going up as well. Um, uh-huh. but, but we're seeing a, a dramatic increase, a reversal in, you know, nine or 10 year trends of declines in number, in fatalities. Yes. Um, across all states, not just Georgia where we, you know, we kind of keep up with the numbers here because they're posted on the, on the interstate sometimes. Right. Uh, you know, the overhead, um, uh, indicators that, you know, tell you of an accident ahead or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and today was one of those days, Ben, one, today they posted the, the actual number of Georgia uh, highway fatalities uh, to date, uh, and the number was shockingly high. Now, we're at the end of December in 2015. 
as we record this. Yeah, and it was about uh, it's about what we expected. We were talking about you know we were going to be ballpark fourteen hundred people by the end of the year, mm-hmm. which is a, a terrible number for our state, according to your earlier calculations on the trend. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because we we talked about this back in April when we were talking about um, the highway safety films, and we had a three part series, and I think along there we were even updating it. Uh, as we went through that three-part series, uh, true. almost you know, day, weekly, I guess it would be, mm-hmm. uh, we were right around 400 in, in April of this year of 2015. And then uh, by May, we were up to like 464. Today's number, Ben, uh, as of late December, uh, December, what is it, 21st, I think? Mm-hmm. As of this morning, 1,323 fatalities on Georgia highways to date. And it's going to climb, of course, you know, between now and New Year's. Right. Uh, so it's going to go up even more. So we were, I, I guess our estimates were right just about on, on target. Uh, horrible number to be on target for, but other states are experiencing the same things here in the United States. And it's a, again, it's a worldwide problem. It's not just here. It's happening everywhere. Um, and we'll get mail from people that say, well, here's the reason why the numbers seem so high. They're not really high. They were higher back in the 1950s, 1960s. Right. They were at their all time high in 1970. We whatever. can talk and, a little about the methodology too. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's, a change in all this. And, and mm-hmm. that's one thing that we need to point out too is that when we talk about today's list, cause we've got the list of the, the, the 10 most deadly interstates in the U.S. Yes. and how they calculate them, where the numbers come from. Um, it's, it's a little bit different. When we talk about stack stats, I know that they can be kind of swayed to prove a point one way or the other. Sure. Of course. Uh, this seems like there's a pretty good methodology that's used here. I think it's a fair way to go about it. It, it does seem fair. Do you want to describe how? Uh, how these numbers are, are obtained or how they're, uh, um, uh, I guess, ciphered. Yes. For each of these 10 interstates that we're about to talk about, uh, you're going to see this summarized uh, in a couple of categories, or three categories, actually. Number of uh, accidents per 10 miles, number of fatalities, number of accidents. Mm-hmm. And the reason they do this is because this is a multidimensional thing. It's really, it's not only misleading, but it's downright dishonest to rank these things by just saying number of people who die on the road, because that doesn't count. That doesn't factor in a wealth of other information, right? So uh, do you want to talk a little bit about how they derive these? Yeah, sure. Okay, so this, this all this information comes from an article that was uh, posted by a person named Sarah Frostenson over at Vox Media. And you can look this up and kind of follow along if you want to or just, uh, you know, maybe have a better opportunity to read it and really digest the information. Because when we talk about stats and, and figures and specs and everything, I know it's difficult unless you're really looking at it. But again, using 2013 data, uh, she took the idea that there were... In 2013, there were there were car accidents that claimed the lives of 32,719 people in the United States. That's a ballpark about 90 people each day that were killed in 2013. Yeah. And as we said, uh, I think it went down for 2014 and it went back up again for 2015. Mm-hmm. So, so we're seeing that trend again. Um, the data that she used came from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, as we mentioned a few times, the NHTSA. Mm-hmm. And now there's... She found that there were certain stretches of highway because they, 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 um, they not only, you know, count these and give you the stats, but they also give you a map and show you exactly where each one of these fatalities happen. Right. And yeah. And it's a map that, you know, you had to, would have to blow this up to an enormous size in order to be able to see every dot. So I've got just a, uh, a, a very small image here of it. And it looks like, um, a web that goes across the United States. Right. Um, on major interstates. These are, these are 
I, I guess I guess that's the best way to say it. Major American interstates in 2013 um, that are on this map, and again, right. something. These are like 20, uh, 2,867 fatal accidents that happened on those major interstates, and that's, that's three hundred fifteen interstates. Yeah, that's a good point. That's three hundred fifteen interstates uh, with those two thousand eight hundred sixty-seven accidents, and and then you know you have to break those down into by state and by mm-hmm. uh, where the interstate begins, where it ends, so that you know you're not counting it as happening on a different interstate. Um, so what she did for the purpose of this analysis that we're going to talk about today is that she she took those three hundred fifteen interstates and and those accidents, those almost twenty nine hundred, and by state, and then and then divide the total number of fatal accidents by the total number of miles uh, within the given state to calculate the number of accidents per 10 miles for uh, an interstate. Yeah. Now, that's, that's really important. important. Yeah, it's really important because, uh, as we'll see, the length of these, these roads really comes into play because there's some really deadly interstates mm-hmm. that don't make it because the interstate is so long. Right. Um, you know, they're, they're in the 500-mile range or 1,000 miles. It, it won't weigh as heavily as if it's a smaller interstate, you know, a shorter length, like let's say 50 miles mm-hmm. and there are 20 accidents. And if uh, the interstate stretch is shorter than 10 miles, then it's not even going to show up in the study. Exactly right. So there's a, a breakdown by state of the ones that uh, that did make the list here. And I can tell you that, you know, in the top 10, that's all we're, we're going to talk about today, but they, they the ranking goes, you know, all the way down to where there was just one accident. But um, the top 10 I'll uh, see. Georgia is in there once. Oklahoma is in there once. Delaware is in there once. Tennessee is in there once. And then you get up to other states like California, yeah. Florida, and Texas, who each make the top ten twice. Yeah. And we'll find that those three states make up the majority of the fatal accidents in the United States. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a, a huge factor in this whole thing. Um, so, so if you are driving in California, Texas, or Florida, as you listen to this, uh, be careful. Don't don't get distracted. Yeah. Uh, let's just dive in and let's see if people can guess number one while we're on the way. No spoilers, but I think people might be surprised. Yeah. We're going to start at number 10. Mm-hmm. And this is Interstate 215 in California. And uh, I, how do you want to do this, Ben? Uh, it, let's say you want to break it down by like accidents per 10 miles, maybe. Yeah. 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 Uh, OK. So it has a fatality rate of 2.1 accidents per 10 miles. Uh, and I-215 reported 14 accidents in 2013. Okay. Uh, now, wait, wait a second, though. Just, I, I know we're, we're, yeah. we're, these are all tough to figure out, but you're saying it's, it has 14 accidents, 14 fatal accidents. That doesn't sound like a whole lot, really. I mean, when you're talking about the state, a state the size of California, but then you find out that the road isn't very long at all. It's right. A, it's yeah. a short stretch of road. It's mm-hmm. 55 miles. Yeah. And by comparison, which credit to the, uh, journalist for pointing this out, uh, Interstate 5 saw the most fatal accidents of any road in California. They had 72 accidents, but there's a problem, right? Yeah, the problem is that the road is long, as we just mentioned before. I-5 spans more than 1,000 miles in length. So, yeah. you know, with 72 accidents, that's clearly a more deadly road, I guess. But but when you spread it out, it, it, the way that she compiled the data every 10 miles, um, which I think I think it makes sense. I've, I've been going back and forth with this. Does it make sense? Does it not? Right. It kind of does. I mean, if if you're seeing a concentrated um, grouping of fatalities within this area, there's got to be a there's a there's a problem there. Some for some reason. And maybe later I can I can tell you why. At least one guy um, he wrote a blog post that, that makes perfect sense to me. Why a lot of these roads are on this top ten list, but we'll talk about that in yeah. a moment. Okay, so, so so we're on to number nine, right? Yes, Interstate Four in uh, Florida. This is interesting because it is the longest stretch on our top ten list here. Uh, it covers um, 
ballpark 150 miles, a little more than that. Yeah. And, uh, it has, uh, it has a record of 32 accidents. Yeah. 30. Okay. So 32 accidents with 33 fatalities. Now, the thing about this one, this is, to me, Ben, this is, this is a terrible road. And now it's in Florida. So it's one of the, uh, one of the highest states as far as overall fatalities go. It, it actually ranks third as the worst state for fatalities in the United States with, get this, in 2013, they had 2,228 fatalities in Florida. Um, it's roughly, you said 150 miles. It goes from Tampa, Florida to Daytona Beach. That's just ballpark. Right. Uh, goes through but, Orlando. But this is in, insane. I mean, some of these other roads on this, on this list are going to, you know, have, they're 19 miles or 40 miles or right. whatever. This is a stretch that's 150 miles, and it's still making the top 10 as far as one of the deadliest. And think about this, too, Scott. This is... Well, per 10 miles, I should say. Yeah. This, this makes a little bit of sense to me and in a disturbing way because, listeners, Scott, I propose there's reason behind this, which is that since this goes through Orlando, since it goes down through Tampa... There, there's a lot more heavy tourist traffic on this road. Mm-hmm. People unfamiliar, perhaps, with the area they're driving in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of a, a big rush, especially down there in Orlando. Okay. Right? You're leading right into something that I, I wanted to talk about. And yeah. I, I might as well just mention it right now, okay? Yeah. Because the next road on our list here, as we go up to number eight, is a perimeter road. Now, it's Interstate 610, and it's in Texas. Mm-hmm. It goes around... Houston, Texas. And I think everybody can picture what a perimeter road is. Yeah. Um, it's a highway that is meant as a bypass so that you don't have to go right through the heart of downtown. Uh, it's used by semi-tractors an awful lot. You know, that uh, if they don't have a local delivery to make, they use the bypass to go around. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot. There's always a lot of um, of big tractor-trailer traffic on that road. Yeah, like commercial traffic. As well, locals. Yeah, exactly. As well as people that are just simply wanting to avoid the downtown headache. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people from out of town that just want to get around Houston, Texas, or, you know, wherever it may be, you know, that could be Indianapolis or could mm-hmm. be Atlanta or wherever. Um, th- this is a uh, blog post that was written by a guy um, here in Atlanta, and he's mentioning uh, why this list has a lot of, um, out of seven out of the ten on this list are going to be these perimeter roads, like the one we just covered for number eight uh, around mm-hmm. Houston. And he says that, you know, exactly what we were just talking about is people that, you know, aren't necessarily from this area. Um, you know, they don't, they don't, um, have a familiarity with, uh, you know, some of the tighter turns that happen in these cases, like, you know, some of these, um, uh, the connectors, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, when you, you go around a city, uh, the roads that either cut all the way through or begin or originate at the edges of that perimeter, uh, a lot, oftentimes some of those interchanges are not going to be like what you call like a standard interchange. There's going to be some tight turns that you don't expect. Sure. Yeah. Or some exits on the left side of the roadway versus the right. Very good point. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And the signage is confusing to people, mm-hmm. and there's more semi-traffic to begin with, and then you've got the mix of you know people that are a little bit confused with where they are exactly, uh, maybe going a little too fast too because you're trying to you know beat the, uh, yeah, the downtown yeah. rush or whatever. Bumping, uh, bumping, uh, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Dun, dun, yeah, dun. Exactly like that, right, Ben? So, um, the, you know, the the thing is, like, the, these drivers might take uh, risks that they normally wouldn't with the you know the left. Um, access that you talked about, yeah. that may come as a surprise to somebody who's who's not local. It can be and really, it can be really tough, you know, especially because there are also left merge lanes too. That's true. That's true. So you know, these perimeter roads are actually really dangerous, and you know, there's um, every every 
you know, state has its own version of this and mm-hmm. its own danger spots. And so some points on these interstates are more deadly than others. And you can tell by the dots, the agglomeration of dots. Yeah, if you look at an accident. Yeah, exactly. If you look at that map that I mentioned earlier, and you can find that in the box um, mm-hmm. um, article, or you can go to the NHTSA site and look it up if you want. But um, the, these, these, uh, I guess these perimeter roads are just notoriously dangerous. And, and as you'll see as we go through here, you now we, we just finished with Interstate 610 in Texas. Oh, uh, um, yeah. Did we say 11 accidents per 10 miles? I don't think we did. So it's, 11 uh, fatals. Yeah, per every 10. So that's, uh, what, accidents per 10 miles? That's two and a half accidents per 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's 11 accidents with 11 fatals as well. Now, Texas also holds the horrible distinction as being the number one state in uh, the United States for fatalities, traffic fatalities. Which brings us to number seven. Yes, that's right. Another another perimeter road that goes around San Antonio, mm-hmm. uh, which tops in even higher than the uh, the Houston interchange, um, or interstate rather. In 2013 in Texas, so just to give you an idea of you know how how high this number is, uh, you know we were pretty shocked at our uh, you know nearly 1400 for this year yeah in 2013 in texas now you got to remember that they're on the increase as is every other united you know united states state um for 2015 in 2013 they had 3044 fatalities on texas highways 3044 so that's three wow. times the amount or roughly three times they also had the largest number of drunk driving accidents yeah i found that interesting they had almost a thousand recorded almost a thousand that's right and eight of the 15 fatal accidents on the i-410 that we're talking about right now uh involved a drunk driver so eight out of the 15 were drunk driving involved so more than half um yeah. so that's clearly a problem there and this road is only 50 miles long and 2.6 accidents for every 10 miles yeah i know and Again, I know it's tough to grasp, you know, what these stats exactly mean, but when you say it laid out in a, in a chart form, as you would yeah. in this article, yeah. uh, I encourage you to take a look at that. So let's move on to number six. And mm-hmm. this, uh, we're going back to Florida. Yep. Uh, number three, as far as worst state fatalities. Yeah. Interstate 295 in Florida. Interstate 295 is a perimeter circling around Jacksonville. What a surprise. A perimeter, right? An unpleasant surprise, Scott, yeah. because, uh, they have 2,228 total accidents reported in 2013. Whoa, that's a big number. And 61 miles, so it's not all that long as these perimeter roads are, you know, ballpark, that's about what they are typically. So you can avoid the downtown, you know, headache, hassle. Um, but a high number of fatalities on this road now. And I guess that leaves us at number five. And number five is Interstate 240 in Tennessee. Now, this is a... Oh, what do you know? It's another perimeter that goes around Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one, uh, let's see, let's see. What can we say about Tennessee? Tennessee is the ninth worst state for fatalities with uh, with right. 911 for 2013. Uh, the road's not that long. It's about 19.27 miles long, so not even 20 miles. And that's probably why this one hits this list. Yeah, because it, uh, it also saw the um, – so I-40 is the – uh, is the most fatal or deadliest road in Tennessee, uh, but your likelihood of experiencing fatality is much lower, um, considering the distance since I-40 is just very, very long. So again, it's a, it's a deadlier but longer road. Mm-hmm. So I-40, uh, you know, again, it's all the methodology with how they, how they determine this and that's that accidents per 10 miles thing. Um, but, but again, um, Interstate 240 in Tennessee, that makes the list at number five. And uh, moving on to number four. This is a surprising one, and this, I think, shows how the methodology is working. It shows it in action. Mm-hmm. Number four, a, you didn't see this coming, guys. Uh, oh, no, you definitely didn't. This is Interstate 495 in Delaware. 
Now, nice. Delaware, come on, that's a small state, very yeah. small. Yep. And it actually ranks 45th as far as the worst state for fatalities. And it only comes in with, and I say only, that's still a big number, 94 fatalities uh, for 24, 2013, rather. Yeah. Um, it's only a 15-mile stretch of road, but mm-hmm. uh, according to this list, I mean, pretty deadly. So, yeah, it, that's where we can see these factors in play because it's over 10 miles, but not by much. And it also uh, it has 2.8 accidents per 10 miles because of that length and those four fatalities. Yeah, so the four fatalities, four accidents, you know, the, the fatal accidents that happen on this road, uh, that's it's a decent percentage of the overall 94 fatalities for the entire state, you know, for the yeah. entire interstate system, I mm-hmm. guess, in Delaware. Um, that's why it made the list. But you ever, have you ever driven in Delaware? I, you know, if I have, it's just going through it. It yeah. wasn't really, um, I haven't spent it, much time. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a destination for me. How about you? Uh, I drove through there. I want to say years ago, but it was the same thing. I was road tripping. Mm-hmm. Just so. a, an East coast thing. And, yeah. uh, just happened to pass through Delaware, the corner of it or something. Uh, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm always at that point. If I'm taking a road trip, uh, I haven't been to all 50 states yet. So if I'm in any place where there's a confluence of states and I can find a way that just takes me a few hours to get to more than one, mm-hmm. then, then I'll take the circuitous route. So like the, uh, the four corners theory that, oh, you, yeah. know, <laughs> you go there because that's like, uh, killing four birds with one stone. Right. And, you know, people say that doesn't really count because you didn't spend time in the state to which I reply, Technically, I did. And that's like the best kind of correct. Yeah, I guess. Oh, sure. If you can say add, add that technically in there, people love when you do that. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. It make you My seem girlfriend's like, crazy about yeah, it. Yeah, it doesn't make you seem like too much of a jerk when you do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'll just add an asterisk. <laughs> uh, so we are, here we are, folks. We are at the top three. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Deadliest interstates. 
in the U.S. of A. Yeah, number three is Interstate 240 in Oklahoma. 19th worst state for fatal accidents. Okay, it's relatively, um, it's not as um, densely populated as some of the other states would yep. be. Uh, so this one, this one actually kind of surprised me. Um, so you said 19th in the state, uh, in the in U.S. The for fatalities. Yeah. 621 deaths on the highways uh, in, in 2013. And uh, this is another case where this is a small road at 16 miles, and that's probably why it made the list with um, 2.9 accidents per 10 miles right. with six accidents, six fatals. And there's another road there that, again, it's another one of those cases where there's a, a longer but deadlier stretch of road. Right, yeah. And that's I-44. Yeah, I-44 is uh, four, more than 400 miles long, 30 reported accidents. Mm-hmm. Yep, so... Um, overall lower likelihood of fatality, but, uh, that, that length is what dis, uh, disqualified it from this list, I guess, you know, with the 2.9 per 10 miles, uh, made it to number three. That's pretty high. Yeah. Uh, going on to number two, back to California again, the second worst state for fatalities. And this is a, another short stretch of road. It's, it's maybe not the one you're thinking of. This is Interstate 710 in California and, uh, it accounted for what, seven fatal accidents and, yeah. uh, eight fatalities. So, so there was an additional fatality mm-hmm. there, and uh, the state of California overall has had two thousand seven hundred and seventy-two fatalities in twenty thirteen. In twenty thirteen, and this and this road um, accounts for about uh, what is it three accidents per ten miles, and the road is only twenty miles long, so it's a very yeah. short stretch of highway, but again, very deadly. Now, so here we are. Yeah, number one. No, could we have a drum roll, please? The number one. Deadliest interstate in, in all of America is right here in Georgia. And this is why, this is what piqued our interest in this whole thing because it was big local news for a long time, right? Because we thought, well, sure, Atlanta traffic is bad. And you, you always hear that, that it's, Everybody it's crowded. Everybody their city has the worst traffic. Yeah, they always do. It's always crowded, congested. Whenever you're sitting in traffic on the way home, you're thinking like, we've got to be getting up there as far as like, you know, this has got to be the number one most crowded interstate or it's got to be the yeah. longest drive time or something like that, right? Well, we uh, we had no idea that Interstate 285, right here in Georgia, which is another perimeter road, exactly, would be the most deadly stretch of highway in all of the United States. And I, I guess it makes sense. There's a there's a huge volume of traffic, and you know all sure. those reasons that I just mentioned. That blogger that I was talking about earlier, he's mm-hmm. from here. That's his job is to watch traffic all day. And he's yeah. in, he's up in a helicopter over traffic. He's reporting. He's blogging. He's uh, he's on the news on the radio. Um, that's his job, and he knows exactly why. And it's you know the 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 Increase in, um, you know, people coming through our state to go down to Florida for, you know, spring break or whatever for Christmas vacation down to Orlando. Uh, they take the bypass around Atlanta. It's right. a common thing to do. So you got a lot of out of towners, people that are unfamiliar with the roads. Because this is an interstate hub. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the roads around the airport, you know, you have to use the perimeter to get kind of down there mm-hmm. to it. Or, there's a couple ways, but most people take the perimeter to get to it. It has, also has some. Notoriously complicated merge points, uh, especially for people unfamiliar. Uh, if you haven't been to, if you haven't had the dubious fortune of driving 285 and you've, you've never seen it before, uh, we'll have a little bit of fun with you. Uh, Google Spaghetti Junction. And just check out the images. Yeah, well, you can tell just by the name Spaghetti Junction. And, and you know, there's, and that's <laughs> good, good point. And that's on the north side of the perimeter. Right. On the south side. Uh, this blogger, uh, Doug Turnbull, he points to two other interchanges that are, one's down by, or they're right near the airport, both of them are. Right. 
I, I was looking at them because I'm not too familiar with that area. I mean, I've occasion, you know, to, to drive around there, but never really had to use those interchanges. Mm-hmm. So I went on to uh, Google Maps or Google Earth or whatever it was, and I looked at a, a satellite photo of that interchange area. There's a lot of turns that are that are complicated. I mean, it's not an, it's not an easy intersection to uh, to get through, and you know, very sharp turns. You know, I'm sure they have low speed limits and everything, but you know, people just aren't paying attention to that when they're exiting the highway at 80 miles an hour or whatever they're doing. Yeah. Uh, so there's a good reason that this road lands on the uh, on on this list, but I didn't expect it to be number one. It's 75 miles long, which is a it's pretty long, right? So if you were to drive it all the way around, it's 75 miles. 26 fatal accidents. Yes, yeah, 26 fatal accidents. And that's twenty. Well, that's just the number of accidents. There's twenty nine fatalities. Right. Um, now we're we're the seventh worst state for fatalities here in 2013 at 1,085. We already know that number's increased this year. Yep. Uh, up to about 1,400. Uh, but man, what what a what a shock to find ourselves right at the the top of this this bad list. Mm-hmm. I know that people sometimes will, um, you know, you're just uh, you're almost startled by it when you realize like, well, geez, that that you know they do these lists locally too. They say like in the state. Here's the worst intersection. Uh, you know, the most number of accidents happened here, and there were four fatal accidents or something like that. And then you realize, like, well, I have to go through there twice every day, going to work and from work. Right. Um, it's always an eye-opener when something that is local or something that you travel all the time appears on a, on a bad list like this. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Yeah, it's it's strange, but you know, I can I I can believe parts of it in retrospect. However, if someone were to ask me before checking out this data, what do you think uh, some of the most deadly roads are? Then I would say that the Beltway would have been one of my nominations out there in D.C. because every time I've traveled there, it's been hellishly crowded and 
people are visibly angry and it, it brings out the worst in people. I had the misfortune to drive a friend's car in downtown DC one time. And it's, you know, I've driven in New York before I've driven in San Francisco, Los Angeles. I've driven in these places where, you know, there's supposed to be notoriously tough traffic or whatever. And that can be true in just the volume of people, but something about DC, man, driving in DC was worse than driving in downtown Boston, like big dig days. You know, Ben, I'm, I'm actually glad you mentioned Boston because to me, I, I made the uh, the mistake of stopping in a bo- in Boston uh, one evening when it was rush hour, Whoops. and trying to go to a restaurant there for dinner. I'm glad you I'm glad you made it here it, on time. <laughs> it was it was awful. It was terrible. I mean, I I know how crowded it gets here in Atlanta, but this yeah. was really really frustrating. I've been talking like cars inches from every other edge of my car, every every edge mm-hmm. of my vehicle, Surrounded. front, back, side. It was all over the Narrow place. Narrow roads. Very difficult to get around downtown Boston at rush hour. So I know you're, I know you're paying there, but you, for you to say that DC was worse than that, that really says something. DC was way worse. Uh, I, I think it's probably because DC has such a large migratory population. You know, people live uh, in different states and commute inside the actual population of DC is, is much, much lower than the working number of people. Yeah. So there's a lot of people coming in and out of mm-hmm. that, uh, that city all the time. I mean, and rush hour isn't really an hour as we know here in Atlanta. Uh, it, it extends for multiple hours. I mean, it's probably starts at 6 a.m. and it doesn't end until about noon or so. Maybe. Yeah. Later. I should probably get my car actually. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even later. It seems like it really does seem like rush hour now is about four and a half hours mm-hmm. on either side, like mm-hmm. in the morning rush and then the evening rush. You can't even call it rush hour. It's just morning rush, evening rush. And to be honest with you, maybe this is a little bit too much inside baseball, but to be honest with you, Scott, uh, it's, it's probably good for our business. It probably is. That's yeah, right. yeah, you people got, more time to listen. You got a lot of show. time and traffic to listen. And I, I know that a lot of people do say that, you know, I've got an hour, an hour and a half commute and yeah. I, I spend the time listening to podcasts. So, um, well, hopefully you'll appreciate this one then when you're, when you're driving along and hopefully you're being safe about it too. So let's read out one thing from Twitter before we end. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, uh, Ryan wrote in with a couple questions for us on Twitter and said, have you done a podcast on emergency vehicles and or fire trucks lately? I swear I'm not a six-year-old kid. Uh, we did do a fire truck podcast way back in the day, yeah, right? It was a long time ago. That might even have been a high-speed stuff episode. Yeah, and I think we did one on ambulances. Yeah, we did. And we've done uh, like Jaws of Life and that yeah. type of system. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we did racing support vehicles, which covered a lot of emergency vehicles. That's true. As well. We, uh, we've done some... Police Ar- cars? Arctic vehicles. I don't think we've done police cars yet. Oh, we talked about it. I we know talked it was, about it because we wanted to do a ride along. Well, we also wanted to talk about the, uh, the, the carbon motors, uh, version, you know, the one that ended up being vaporware. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, uh, what a great idea. And you still see that kind of, you know, bantered about a little bit. You know, they still talk about it. Yeah, but I, I still think it's just an idea. You yeah. know, I don't know how far it'll go. Yeah. Uh, and could they you mention what that is now. so everybody knows? Well, they may have given it up by now. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly where it stands, but the idea was that it would be a uh, uh, from-scratch-built, uh, purpose-built mm-hmm. police car. Yeah. And that's never been the case before. You know, they usually take a Crown Vic and they create a police car out of it. Or, you know, they take a, uh, you know, Ford Taurus or whatever it mm-hmm. is, and they make it into a police car. But this would be from the ground up designed as a police car. Very, uh, you know, a specialty vehicle. 
Yeah. But, um, but, but that's all they would do and they would make it really well. And it had a lot of stuff stacked against it though to start with because yeah. you would have the only way you could really for a police department, the only way to get the funding to buy something like that, which let's be honest, would be much more expensive, mm-hmm. would be uh, for federal assistance. And I don't know how you would go about getting it. That's true. And, you know, the thing is, though, I think that they what they were promising, you know, of course, they're, they're promising, you know, some fantastic features that, you know, mm-hmm. police have wanted for a long, long time that they just simply can't get in a vehicle or it's not uh, maybe that they couldn't get it. It's just that it wasn't exactly the way that they wanted it to be. You know, or the way the vehicle wasn't laid out the way they wanted it to be exactly. Right. Um, but for them to, uh, to, to shop this around to all these places and say, like, you know, we can promise you this, but it's still a long way off. We need a lot of funding in order to start this company. So it's kind of like the Elio Motors type thing. <laughs> right. That's, um, that's a really good point. You know, they've got a great idea. They've actually got a product they can show to people, but they just can't get over that, that initial hump in order that to overhead, start production. Yeah. 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 Investment costs. Yep. Uh, so, Ryan had one other question that I thought you might enjoy too, Scott. Said, have you guys ever heard of Unicats? Cause he was listening to, uh, he was listening to us talk about RVs in an episode earlier this September. Mm-hmm. Um, Unicats, of course, are the expedition vehicles built on the Unimog chassis. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I love them. I, yeah. I want one. And they're pretty cool. And, you know, we, we, we've talked about some of those crazy Nordic adventure, uh, vehicles, you know, the ones that go to the North Pole or right. go to the South yeah, Pole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, enormous tires and they've got usually like a train of, uh, of cars that they pull behind it and, mm-hmm. uh, all the survival equipment. And it's just, it was a, that's a fun one to do. We recorded one, uh, seems like it was years ago now at this point, mm-hmm. right? But we haven't talked specifically about Unicats. We did talk about Unimogs. We did. We have a Unimog show. But I don't even know if we mentioned Unicats in that Unimog podcast. I don't know if we did either. So, Ryan, uh, thank you for the recommendation. And listeners, if you have, like I do, an, an interest in living in a mobile vehicle, although I know, I know various people have rightly warned me that the idea, uh, might be more attractive than the practice. I get it. Um, check out the Unicat because as I was looking back through this again, the, these are fairly rugged expedition vehicles, but also have some surprising luxury. It's a studio apartment on wheels that can go into the desert. Very capable. It's very capable and pretty customizable, too. So check it out. Let us know what you would put in your Unicat. You know, Ben, I'm laughing because I watched I watched a, it's a funny movie, but not for everybody. There was a, uh, I think it was called, it, it, this is an example of somebody living in their car. It was called Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> and uh, it's it's very it's R for a good reason. Yeah, I know. I'm aware of Trailer Park Boys. Oh, you are Julian, okay. right? Always has that glass of yeah, like, Jack oh, and Coke. He always has a mixed drink in his yeah. hand. And uh, what was the main character's name? Dennis, I think it was. And Bubbles. Bubbles uh, was my favorite. Okay, yeah. Anyways, if you haven't seen that, but uh, that's a that's a good example of somebody living in their car. Um, it doesn't really end up too well for uh, most people when they start living in a vehicle. I mean, they uh, they make a go of it for a while, but I think they eventually have to find other places. Yeah, usually it's a usually it's a, a matter of necessity rather yeah. than some kind of adventure. No, don't get us wrong. There are a couple of there are a couple of people who hit the open highway not because they have to. They just want to live uh that sort of lifestyle, but it's definitely a very very different lifestyle full of challenges. We did an episode actually 
years and years back. Do you remember about how to live in your car? Yeah, and we're talking about in in your car, not in an RV. Right, there's a big difference. There's a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's possible, but not for very long. You can't sustain that kind of life for very long. I don't know, man. Now, like as as I went back through the pictures of Unicat, I have this. I should also say Max Mad Fury Road was playing for like the 18th time <laughs> at my house. While I was looking at this, and I was I was thinking like, yeah, what. What kind of tire reinforcements would I need to fend off bandits? Like, obviously, there has to be some plating, and it's time to really think about what kind of stuff should be in this. And then I thought, oh, wait, Ben, you're planning for a, to live in a fictional world and with... You're, you're talking about post-apocalyptic uh, yeah. of U.S., not, uh, not, not current day. Right, yeah. It was like, let's... Pump your brakes, buddy. Let's start thinking about the real world for a second. <laughs> but check them out. They're fantastic cars. And uh, thanks so much, you guys, for listening to our episode today, as well as all of our other episodes. I know that we have kept this a little bit lighthearted for such a somber subject. Uh, however, make no mistake about it. Ultimately, um, we as drivers are we, – we can only control our own vehicles – but we are also responsible for everyone else on the road in terms of liability. And no matter how much of a hurry we get in, I am super guilty of this. Uh, no matter how much of a hurry we can get in, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to uh, Scott smirking because we both have crazy road rage. It's not worth it to pick a fight on the road where someone ends up dead. But it's very difficult not to do that. But you got to use restraint. It, restraint is... <laughs> Uh, restraint is like Mark Twain, uh, restraint in a car for me is like what Mark Twain said about classic books. Everybody loves it. No one reads it. You know, I, practices. I gotta say, you know, you, you say that we both have terrible road rage or whatever, but man, I'm in my car like sometimes three or four hours a day commuting. So it's, it's tough to, to maintain cool that whole time. Mm-hmm. I try. I really try. I set out with best intention. And I don't get, I'm not screaming at other people. I'm not throwing things. I'm not, you know, waving a gun around or anything crazy like that. But, um, I see just about everything out there on the road too. I mean, other people mad at other people. Yeah. And, uh, it's really unpleasant. It's getting very, very unpleasant. Can I, can I tell you guys something? Like this is a weird one. Uh, I used to be very, very bad. I used to have issues. I used to be one of those people who feels like it's their job to, teach other drivers things. Oh, that's a bad place to be in, Ben. Well, there was there there were times where I would follow someone to wherever they were stopping and say, you know, like, do you have kids? Why do you drive that way with your kids in the car? You know, like you are threatening people's lives. And and then say stuff like, I have your license number and then leave. It was bad. And I'll say this because years ago, guys, I don't do this anymore. And nor should you right now. Nor should. Yeah. Nor should you really ever do that kind of thing. Um, Still, uh, still, I, I totally get it with road rage. I'd like to hear some people's road rage stories. If you can tell us if you are breaking a law in the course of this story. Maybe keep it a secret. And if you, don't if, tell you, us. if you don't want it read on air, tell us that too, because uh, yeah. I'm sure we'll get some interesting tales of road rage here. But um, just don't incriminate yeah, yourself. Whatever you're going to confess to, yeah. Yeah, is there like a, you know how there's a client attorney privilege and priests have a similar thing? Is there something like that with podcasting? Yeah, if, we, if we could read it out loud and change your name, tell us that. Yeah. 
<laughs> right. And we'll keep the details vague. All right, guys, you know the drill. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, that's a way for you to see these fantastic things that Scott is posting uh, all the time that may not make it to the air because a lot of them are badass pictures of cars. It doesn't translate well to audio. And you never know when uh, your tweet or your post will make it onto our show. Our best ideas come from listeners. Uh, if you want to hear more of our podcast, check out carstuffshow.com. And if you want to uh, tell us what topic we should be covering next, we'd love to hear your opinion. You can email us directly at carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's Beyond Zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.